Welcome to the Warrior Women Project podcast, helping you become a warrior woman, sort your shit and find better balance in your life. Hi, so welcome to another episode of the Warrior Women Project podcast. This is Warrior Women Jen here and today I have with me Susie Bowman. Now I was introduced to Susie's work through a mutual friend that we have. Um, she runs events up and down the country, which we will get into a little bit of um, detail about in a moment. So it's definitely worth checking out her pages, which I'll put links into the show notes towards the end. So Susie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time to be on today. No, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Thanks very much. So why don't you introduce the listeners to who you are and what it is that you do in this world? Well, as you mentioned, so I am Susie Beaumont. I am the founder of Change Your World Events, which is an events company. But basically, I put on conferences um, in personal development, health and well-being, and generally inspiring people to make positive changes in their lives. Um, the idea being that when we reach, you know, we make positive choices, we create a ripple effect. If we reach our true potential then that just changes our immediate environment, which then ripples out to change the world. So instead of, you know, thinking that we have to do big noble acts to change the world or make a difference in the world, my ethos is all about changing yourself changes everything. So you can just change the world through a bit of personal development and just, you know, making better choices because when we make better choices, we get better results and you know that creates the ripple effect so yeah. that's what yeah. I'm all about yeah well it's like is it the change that you want to see in the world absolutely so it yes to, it has to start with you if you're not emitting love and emitting kindness how can you expect that to be everywhere else so much absolutely fun. and it's just the case of kind of stopping to pause and look at your life and kind of think well what is it do I actually want from life because I know I certainly didn't. I mean, I've literally transformed every aspect of my life in the last 10 years. I mean, like if you had, well, one, if you'd even asked me to do this podcast 10 years ago, I would have completely freaked. I would have just, I didn't have self-esteem. I didn't have self-belief, confidence or anything like that to do, to speak out. I kind of thought, well, who am I to speak out? What, what, you know, even though I had a story to tell, but I just thought who would want to hear it? But you know, that's why I'm just so passionate about personal development because it literally, you know, it's it's life changing, it's world changing. So yeah. Yeah. So what was it that instigated your change then? Um, well, it started off, um, it was a chance meeting. So like I say, 10 years ago, my transformation sort of began and it literally started with a chance meeting with uh, somebody I was actually interviewing so I used to work for um, BBC and it tragically lost his son in a horrendous accident and he was an ex-policeman he was now a life coach and you know we'd done the interview but I was really curious about how a policeman goes to a life coach and what is a life coach so I was asking him a little bit about what a life coach was what they did or what he did and he said you know essentially I just support people to reach their true potential I was like okay and then he very bluntly said you could do with some life coaching <laughs> 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 I, was, 
do. I was like, I, I, I was because the way I was showing up in the world then is I was very much putting off the front. So I had a good job and I absolutely loved my job and I was really excelling. That's where I was kind of throwing all my energy because that was working well. But the rest of my life, so I was unhealthy, I was overweight, I was in a relationship that I was really unhappy in, I was in loads of debt, um, you know, drinking loads, literally, you know, the weekend would come, just drink a load, um, you know, and just numbing everything out and focusing, like I say, all the energy that where it was going well in my day job, just focusing my energy there to kind of blot out the rest of the things that weren't going well in my life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, essentially it took me four months before I plucked up the courage to actually phone Alistair and say, okay, I was actually in tears. It was after another argument with my, my boyfriend and a realisation that we were having the same argument that we'd been having exactly 12 months earlier. Mm. And I'd vowed 12 months earlier I would not be in that same position. And there I was in the same situation and thinking, I've got to do something different to change this. Like, this is, if I keep doing the same things, I'm just going to keep getting the same results. So I called Alistair in a complete state. But I think I need to come and see you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so within three days we met up. And of course, in that three-day period, I completely convinced myself I didn't need to see him. And, yeah. you know, I could sort this out on my own. And, you know, I just felt such a, I felt such a loser. I felt like, you know, none of my friends needed a life coach to sort their life out. Why was I such a failure that I needed to go and see somebody and get coaching to sort out my life? Why couldn't I sort it out myself? And I felt a huge stigma around it. I felt embarrassed. I remember we met up in um, a coffee shop and I remember saying to him, who should I say you are if anybody sees us? Because I couldn't work out what was worse. Somebody thinking we were having an affair yeah. or that he was my life coach and I couldn't work out which was worse. And he was just like, just tell him I'm your life coach. I was like, God, no, I can't do that. And, but yeah, so we had our first session and um, literally I started to see him uh, you know regularly sort of fortnightly after that and I could ill afford it at the time I was in like I say I was in a lot of debt yeah and you know I really couldn't afford it but I just kind of thought you know what else am I spending my money on that is going to help me turn my life around you know and I'm just I have to find a way to to make this happen and you know changes started happening and I started seeing an improvement so that's how it all started but there's a long journey after that so. yeah I think a lot of obviously like 10 years ago there was still that bit of a stigma about having a life coach whereas now it's the fashionable thing to do whereas if you're not anybody if you don't have somebody helping coach with you <laughs> in your life and the people that don't have one you really want to go do you know what it's a good thing to have because like mm. you're saying you couldn't afford it at that time but you for something in you saw the value and what you were getting yeah. going to improve things so that you could then get out of the situation you were in because absolutely like you yeah. see you don't change anything nothing changes yeah i do still think there's a stigma though because i still you know lots of people um still hadn't haven't heard of life coaches it seems to be a celebrity thing to do mm. um and you know the way i always explain it it's like well you know you wouldn't think twice it's the same like 
you know people who had personal trainers that used to be kind of like oh look at you get you with your personal trainer and now it's just like you don't think any of it anything of it if you want to get fit and it's the same if you want to learn to drive you wouldn't do that on your own you would get a driving instructor if you're setting up a business you know you get business coaches you know you learn from other people so it's like you know, your life is your most valued asset and quality of life is so important. And we're all, you know, essentially, if we all stop for a moment and ask, well, what is it we want? Most of us will say, well, I just want to be healthy and happy, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, what is health and happiness? Because it means so many different things to each of us. So, but we never stop to actually work out that what that is. And if we can't, don't know what that is it's like trying to book a holiday and not knowing where you're going and you can't book the flights until you've just yeah, sorted out your yeah. destinations so yeah that's yeah. how i explain life coaching to anybody that's kind of like what is it and thinks it's something out there for the elite or something like that yeah it's definitely it's something that i've had over the years i've had nlp coaching and life coaching and business coaching and you're, I'm always looking for somebody else to learn from because yeah. I know that I can't grow into a bit person, whether you're learning the skill from a book or from a podcast or actually sitting down one-to-one. Yeah. The sitting down one-to-one obviously accelerates your progress because somebody else is guiding you to the right points and listening yeah. to the words that you're saying and picking up yeah. on it and going, right, hang on a minute, what do you mean by that? How do you define it? And they give you that clarity that you can't necessarily get when you're stuck in your own head because your own excuses and your own view of the world is all you can see and understand. And I think that's a really key point to make because you don't realise until you say something out aloud to another person. You have these thoughts in your head and they seem completely rational, no matter how negative or limiting they might be. They seem perfectly rational, but then you voice it out aloud to somebody else and then when they repeat it back to you what you've just said you're like I didn't say that and they're like (laughs) you're like why would I think like that you know and it's just a brilliant sounding board to kind of for somebody to highlight you know how limiting your thoughts can be or you know how uh, judgmental your thoughts can be and it's you know, and a life coach will not give you solutions a good life coach will just ask you the right questions to allow you to figure it out so that you work out what's right for you. So I think there's a misconception about life coaching that they tell you what to do. And it's very much not like that. It's like you say, it's guiding and, you know, asking the right questions so you can figure it out yourself and work out what's truly right for your core values. Yeah, because I've been asked questions before and as I start to answer them I'm like oh my god this is the most ridiculous thing <laughs> I believe Paul what is wrong with me <laughs> it's I know and it's only when you start voicing it aloud you're like what why on earth would I think like it's just because you just you just realize that you talk to yourself in such or you can talk to yourself in such a critical way and you kind of think god I would never talk to my best friend like that or my partner or a loved one somebody I care about so why am I talking to myself like that so it's yeah I think it's a fascinating process so you know it's a painful process it's not easy yeah but it's well worth it I absolutely I mean I I, you know I'm a huge advocate of uh, coaching and you know 
self-development and yeah like I say it's not easy but it's definitely worth it you know it can be painful to to look at yourself and kind of take ownership and kind of realize wow I've created this like <laughs> yeah yeah and then you have to take responsibility yeah for what you have done and then what you're going to do in the future mm. which actually is going to nicely bring me on to my ne- my next point of conversation so when we first spoke I had reached out to you because you were on a very interesting part of your journey at the moment yeah absolutely do you want to share that with the listeners yeah sure so I have started um so I was inspired by um two guys that have set up this challenge it's called the one year no beer challenge and it's essentially giving up alcohol so you can give it up for 28 days three months or do the full 365 days and I have been um looking at my own relationship with alcohol for years I've been I mean I've looked like I say I've looked at every aspect of my life and kind of trying to work out what serves me what's good for me what's not good for me and I came to this point where alcohol was just um I just I was doing it for all the wrong reasons basically and I just thought I really want to change this relationship but the idea of completely giving up I mean that just seemed like a massive step just like you know I'm going to be the only freak in the village that doesn't drink kind of thing. You know, I realized like, wow, how am I going to relate to people? How am I going to socialize? How am I going to go out? Again, it just felt like another way of kind of being the odd one. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I just was getting so fed up with the hangovers, the demotivation, the eating crap after, you know, the hangovers that... They're not just for me, and I'm, I don't know if I'm unique in this, but for me, the hangover wasn't just one day. It would be for at least a week, and it would be, you know, the initial next day would be the head, headaches, feeling rough, blah, blah, blah. But then the demotivation kicks in, then the fear would kick in, the anxiety, the guilt, all these emotional triggers. And, and then, like, you know, I was setting up my change of world business, and it was like, you know, all of a sudden, I, like, I'm super confident and super love what I'm doing. But then after a night out, I'd be like, I can't pick up the phone to anybody. I'd just feel really, you know, not demotivated, but paranoid and just feeling they won't know, they won't get it and I, I won't be able to sell it. And there was just anxiety. And then, of course, there's the, you know, you don't exercise as well. You don't uh, eat as well. And it just had a massive knock-on effect and I kept thinking why am I doing this yeah why am I drinking because that night out really wasn't worth the pain that I'm experiencing now so and then for most people they go through that and then by the time they start to feel a bit better they go out again because that's your baby again and then well it's Friday night you know just as you start to feel better again oh it's the weekend again you're like well let's do it all again you're like (laughs) I just and yeah I just really wanted to change that cycle and I actually only started to change that cycle because when I set up my business initially so I had my first conference in April 2017 and you know did the usual thing of going out in New Year and Christmas and what have you and I just thought do you know what I'm actually just not going to drink until my conference because I just need to be on it I need to be 
focused and you know I've got an awful lot of work to do and I'm just going to keep my head down and taking that break from alcohol was the first step where I started to realize the benefits of not drinking and I mean I was well I was going to say I wasn't a big drinker but I have been a big drinker I mean all through my 20s you know total party animal even into my early 30s you know it would involve a drink through the week you know we'd go out as a team in the office on a Wednesday night you know and yeah right Thursday would be a write-off and then it was like Friday back on doing all the work that you'd never done on the uh, the Thursday and then it would be back out the weekend again and and then you know into my 40s it just started reducing and it was one particular night I remember it was a Christmas night out and we were work colleagues and you know they're always with work there's like some people you like in your office and some Mm. people you don't and the people that I really liked had sort of gone home and I should have just gone home too but I had I have formal I have fear of missing out and I was like no this night's gonna turn around it's gonna be great and all the rest of that and I find myself like literally going up to the bar constantly and saying, can I get you guys another drink? And I was going up to the bar, I was walking around the whole pub looking for a better party. Yeah. And, you know, and then I was just like sat there drinking and I'm thinking, wow, I am drinking to make their company better. Mm-hmm. And this, this is, I'm just feeling more and more rubbish with every drink I take. And then at one point I actually thought, wow, I could be at home actually watching casualty and having a much better time (laughs) (laughs) i thought something's kind of changed this is you know when i'm having that realization and then i just started thinking you know it's not actually about the drink it's about the company that i who i'm spending my time with and the people when i'm with the right people i don't actually need to drink because i can have a laugh anyway and have a really great time and when I find the urge that I need to drink it's like not with the right people so so yeah so I started sort of that was the beginning of it and then I decided to take the plunge um earlier this year I thought do you know what I've done four months already I you know so that's not let's let's see what a whole 365 days without alcohol is like and I thought you know and my whole drinking career even if I was to start drinking again after 306 you know one year out of my drinking career is nothing and I can learn so much from the experience you know like let's just find out what I, what I'm really about without the crutch yeah. of alcohol and what, how far into it are you now so nine months now so we're into September yep so I started on, you know, I went out for New Year's Eve. First of January was my first day. So, yeah, here we are in September, and yeah, I'm loving it. I'm, I really am. I'm, I've, um, I'm, it's, it's astonishing actually how far I've come in the nine months because, you know, I remember doing a Facebook Live and announcing that I was going to do this challenge because I thought this is the only way I'm going to keep myself accountable. If I don't tell anybody, then the first time I feel like sort of falling off the wagon, you know, if there's no accountability there, yeah. then I, will, I, you know, 
and I mean, the thing is, I've become quite accountable to myself, but I just needed that extra sort of edge, which is what's really good about the one year no beer challenge, because there's a whole community online. And if you're getting peer pressure or, you know, you're, you're feeling a wobble or you're feeling stressed, you can go literally into the group and say, guys, this is what I'm experiencing. And you've just got 20,000 people come back, got your back and just say, you know, stick in there, keep at it, blah, blah, blah. But also, you've got a tribe. You don't feel like the only person in Scotland that has given up alcohol. You know, there's a whole tribe of people there that are there to back you and, uh, you know, make you not feel like the only sober person. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sense of community that you need. Yeah, in, yeah in Something that feels like a big challenge. You need the people around you to support you and it's the same no matter what your goal is if you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to get fitter if you've got people who are trying to sabotage that whether it's conscious or unconscious they're not going to do you any good so you need to reach out and find those people that are going to be cheering you on and telling you that you can do it and that it's only hard if you make it hard and only hard if you let other people influence your decisions and what it is that you're doing well it's also just not feeling like a freak just knowing that you're not the only person that is doing this challenge and is experiencing these issues. And, you know, and I have had peer pressure and I've had, you know, friends sort of saying to me, don't give us it, Susie. Come on, we're going out. We're going to have a Zambuca session because I was known as Zambuca Susie. I love my Zambucas, you know. I'm not proud of that, by the way. <laughs> but it was, you know, I loved a good night out and I was the, you know, I was always the one that was up for a total party, last man standing, well, you know, well up for having a giggle and a laugh and a dance. And But I was like, I really, really want to be that person still, but I just don't want to have to rely on alcohol for it. And I was like, can I develop myself enough to still be Susie, the party girl, up on the dance floor, having a giggle and a laugh without putting a toxin in me because quite frankly it is a poison and it is a drug it's just legal and we don't see it as a drug it's just because it's been made legal and we've been so conditioned by by society and all the rest of it that you use alcohol to celebrate to commiserate to give somebody a well done whatever you know it's Cheer yourself up to yeah cheer yourself up yeah to to drown your sorrows whatever you know and it is it's just part and parcel of society and everyday life and to step away from that it requires resilience and strength of sort of character to do that you know or a big why It, it does require a big mindset shift yes i had somebody else on the podcast who had been an alcoholic and she's sober five years now Mm, and she also ended up taking crack cocaine and heroin and stuff and she was saying that coming off alcohol was the most dangerous because she was she was drinking so much that she was having seizures she actually spoke from it as well Um, and she was only in her 20s when this happened and it's like how is this legal like this thing that is can be so addictive so toxic that people as soon as you turn 18 yes you're on you go have a drink yeah Yeah. and then people question you why you're not drinking if you choose not to. It's like, what has your biggest challenge been in the last nine months? Definitely, um, it is that thing of 
that is socializing so going out with friends and it's like friends that you know you used to go out and have a right good few drinks and you'd have big big belly laughs and you know and it might be belly laughs about complete and utter nonsense you know but it was funny and it's a good laugh and you know and this is we're not talking about getting completely intoxicated or anything like that this is just a couple of drinks where you're giddy and you're just having a good old girly laugh and that that I'm developing it's but it's not the same as it used to be. so and occasionally I miss that and I think you know and I've even had friends I've even, I have one friend who doesn't actually drink and she said but you know, I don't understand it because you don't drink a lot anyway. So why giving up that? And I said, well, so that's the point. You know, if I'm not drinking a lot anyway, then let's get rid of the last little dregs of it. You know, let's have, you know, let me develop myself so I don't need it in any way. And she was like, but it's not doing you any harm. And I was like, well, I argue that it is doing me harm. So peer pressure is definitely the hardest thing. Um finding different ways to socialize like i mean the the usual thing of just going to the pub i mean you know what i reflect on it now and thinking i didn't enjoy it when i was drinking and i would go into a pub literally just drinking to numb out how horrendous it bloody was you know and it's like i mean going around to friends and socializing in a house and you know things like that i really enjoy that i enjoy being able to chat and converse and you know have a laugh um so it is finding different ways to to socialize um and i would have said the most challenging is is other the way other people react because i have to make people comfortable with me not drinking because people get really freaked out by you not by me not drinking or you're not drinking because they see it as a a kind of attack on them and it's like like a judgment on them and it's just like i'm not judging you at all this is absolutely for me personally because i know how much alcohol impairs me yeah and i just don't want to feel that anymore and if you can do it in such a way, if the person is kind of open to it, then you get into a really nice conversation about it. And you often find that the other person sort of says, oh, yeah, God, totally. I feel like that. And yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? And I've had many people say, God, you've actually inspired me. I might give it a go. But I do have others that go, what do you mean you're not drinking? Well, you know, why would you want to do that? I mean, there's nothing wrong with drinking, you know, and it's like. I'm not saying, you know, it feels like they get very defensive and I'm just like, I'm not attacking you in any way, you know, it's just yeah. this personal thing that... Is that mostly people who knew you in your party days or is there strangers as well that you find are like that? It's a mixture. It's it's really surprising um, who, who I've had sort of these conversations with and... Yeah, I mean, I remember one work colleague got very, very defensive and just, you know, felt like I, you know, really felt like I was attacking them. And I was like, I'm not, you know, and this was right in the early days. This was just me sort of saying, you know, I want to, I'm going to do this challenge. And they were like, why would you do that? I mean, you, you hardly drink anyway. I mean, it's not going to be hard for you anyway. And I was like, well, 
yeah, that's fine, but you know, I'm just going to give it a go. And you're, oh, well, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, I'm not asking you to do it, you know? And it's like, yeah, well, I enjoy my drinking. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That speaks a lot about their insecurities. Yeah. And exactly. It's maybe something that they are thinking of, but haven't quite got to that point of, yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to do this. It's maybe just in the early, early stages. So maybe at a later date, you're stepping away from the tribe because if yeah. you're not the same yeah. you're like well who do you think you are to step away you know who do you think you are are you are you saying you're better than us and or better than me and it, it's not like that at all it's it's learning that actually this is not right for me and that's the biggest thing that has come from personal development is that resilience in myself that when i am challenged by others it's like, no, I know what's right for me. I know what serves me. And I know why I'm doing this. So actually, you know, you're not going to topple me over. Whereas maybe four years ago, if I tried to do this, literally I would have, first hurdle would have yeah. completely fallen. Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. No. And I remember actually, because, um, so my where I live now, so I bought my house five years ago. And I bought it in January and I was actually doing dry, dry January. And this felt like the longest month ever. <laughs> I was like, and I mean, back then I still wouldn't have considered myself a big drinker. Yeah. But like I remember getting, um, you know, they told me that uh, my offer had been accepted and I was like, brilliant. And, you know, I was getting the keys on the... Sorry, this <laughs> is my friend leaving. Um, so I was getting the, the keys and um, my friend had said to me, she said, awesome, well, let's go out and celebrate. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I was like, oh, no, I can't celebrate. I'm on dry January. <laughs> and then I was like, it's okay. I get the keys on the 2nd of February. It's totally fine. I can do this. Like, we can go out. Yay. You know, it's like awesome. I've had a reprieve. And I just thought, wow. You know, when I look back on that, so it shows, you know, the different stages of my mindset that I had to go through yeah. to get to the place where I was comfortable and going, you know, saying I'm going to take 365 days. Not quite decided how, what's going to happen after the 365 days. Um, I can't, at this moment in time, I can't imagine wanting to drink. Yeah. But I can't imagine never having a drink ever again for the rest of my life. So um, the thing is, I, I, I tend to th take things like day by day. Yeah. I mean, now I'm like at the moment, like the 365, I know I'm going to do the year. So that's, that's you know, nothing is going to falter me on that. But after that, it's like without the challenge, it's like, well, then I really have free will to do whatever I want. You know, I can make that choice because I've not got the same accountability. And but I take it day by day and I kind of like, OK, do I want to drink today? And immediately I just think of all the negatives that come with uh, drinking and nothing you know, apart from the positive is, yeah, it's fun, you know, and 
but it's only fun for a certain finite few hours. Yeah. And that's and the, you know, the, the payoff for a week of just feeling horrendous and anxiety and ugh, all the negative emotions that come with it. I'm just like, they're not worth it. So, yeah. yeah. Let's see, it's an interesting journey. It will be for you when you get to that, past that 365 days, it's then like you see the choices in your hands and it might be that you go, let's have a drink. And then when you experience the negative again, you go, do you know what, that's not worth it. Or you might go, oh, actually it wasn't as bad as I had played it in my mind. And yeah. it'll just, it'll play out how it plays out. And what will, yeah. whatever your journey is meant to be going forward is how it, it also comes into identity as well because you know we love to label people so yeah. you know, i'm already vegan so you know uh, i'm vegan i don't drink i don't drink coffee um what else you know i don't smoke you know <laughs> it's just like people go what do you do you know and it's like actually I just totally rock life and live with vitality and I just love my life you know yeah you know I've I've stopped being conditioned by society and expectations of the way we should live our life oh that's what you always do I always now just look at my life and go okay does this serve me does it make me feel good does it bring me happiness does it bring me health and if I can't say, if I say yes to them, then I embrace it. If I say no to them, then I'm like, well, do you know what? I'm going to ditch it. You know, you yeah. know, sugar yeah. is another, sugar is another one that I've got to kick, but I'm definitely not there with that. <laughs> <up the number>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, no, that's, that's definitely a work in progress. That <laughs> that's another year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we need way. to, with the work that you're doing, it's about trying to, make that societal shift that to have a good time you don't need to eat meat you don't need to get drunk you don't need to get high you don't need to smoke you don't like the vices that we have that we use to numb and it's numbing emotions numbing pain that we can get the sort of societal shift away from that or to just get people to tap into who they are and what actually genuinely makes them happy it would be definitely it's it's looking for it's because we tap into external sources i remember having a conversation with a pub owner and you know this is when i just started my business and he said to me he was like he was you know having a real go at me and saying it'll never work and you know you need to give people what they want he says look at me you know that's what i do i give people what they want and i said well i said actually when you look at it i said we're both in the same business i said we're both providing happiness the only difference is you're selling temporary happiness and I'm selling long-term permanent happiness and that is my motto because it's just you know yes personal development isn't easy it's you know it's it's painful to look at yourself but once you kind of understand what you're really about what your core values are and what you really want from life then you can start you know living that life and you don't just block it out with external substances that give you that temporary high and that temporary happiness and you know which is you know is I'm not slagging anybody off I've been there done it myself and it's all about you know where you're at with the the resources that you have at that time 
But if you find there's a little bit inside you that's just a little bit dissatisfied, then you're thinking, oh, you know, there's got to be more to this, or no, this isn't bringing me happiness and fulfillment, then then that's your body's way or your mind's way of trying to tell you there's another way, you know, yeah. look, look outside yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, look beyond, you know, these, these external kind of forces and kind of go, well, what is it that I want? You know, the stop and pause, you know, really just look at your life and kind of go, well, what is bringing me happiness? And is it doing this job? <laughs> is it the relationship I'm in? Is it the environment? Is it the, where I'm living, you know, and start, making small changes to kind of you know try different things because often we don't actually know what brings us happiness you know and it is a case of you just got to try a load of things and work out what what works and what doesn't so yeah i think the happiest people that i know explore their curiosities all Mm. the time like they've got loads of different hobbies they're always reading different kinds of books and just always oh what's this what's this and being really open to yeah. trying things and they don't yeah. need to be big things it can be just trying a new food or yeah into a different kind of podcast or reading a different genre of book it can be something that simple that you go oh yeah. my god this has just opened my mind up to something else yeah definitely and that's a, a that's a key thing just being open just try new things i like there's um thing called the 30 day yes challenge so you literally i mean you don't tell anybody you're doing this because it can be very expensive and people can start doing all sorts of things but the idea is every time you're asked uh, to go to an event a party you know something you say yes like so your immediate reaction might be oh god no i'd rather scratch my eyes out and go to that but it's like, no, go and say yes to it because there will be something. You've, it's like the universe is trying to guide you somewhere. And if you say no, you just block it. Yeah. So the idea, you say yes, you go to it. And it might not become apparent why you're at that event or that party or what, whatever. And, you know, you might think, well, I didn't get anything out of that. But you, well, you will learn from it. You'll learn whether you liked it. Or it was right for you to go, or you'll learn that actually, no, uh, I I totally loved it, or you totally didn't love it. But equally, it's like if somebody asks you a favor, or you just say yes for 30 days, commit yourself. You know, when you feel that instant reaction to say no, just go, right, let's say yes and see where this leads to. It can lead to an extremely busy month and, you know, committing to lots of other people, but you learn what is right for you and what's not right for you and it opens doors and it leads to lots of different things and you know you get to try lots of different things like you say new foods new um genres music and things like that and yeah it's a great experiment so I but think just that's a nice challenge to set for the listeners yeah no it, it's a brilliant one and yeah. it's like, yeah. it's incredible what you learn about yourself and you know and the funny stories i mean when i first um read about it i was actually traveling around cambodia and i thought oh, right i'm gonna do this and of course when you're in the likes of southeast asia you get constantly asked do you want to talk to do you want to buy this do you want to go on this trip do you want to? and i was like okay now is not the right time to do this like i have to wait for uh, an opportunity however i did find myself doing it with some things when I find a little bit of resistance I thought do you know what let's say yes to this let's go and have an adventure 
yeah. and it was incredible. I mean, I did things that, you know, I probably would have been like, oh no, they're a stranger. Oh no, I'm not going to do that. You know, when fear kicks in and I yeah. had some amazing, amazing adventures. So, yeah. you know, met some lovely people, had interesting conversations and, you know, things that triggered me and challenged me and all the rest of it, but it was, it was amazing. Yeah, that's excellent. So can you tell us a little bit about your Change Your World events that you've got coming up? Yeah, sure. So the next one is going to be in Glasgow on the 5th of October at the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall. And basically we've got uh, a whole lineup of speakers. So they're going to talk on different subjects, all on the theme of change. So everything from physical health to mental health to um, spiritual health, essentially, and how you kind of show up in the world. Um, we're going to also have up to 20 exhibitors. So the idea with the exhibitors is that while you're in that space, all fired up to make a change, yeah. you know, yeah. you've been inspired by the speakers, then you can tap into the exhibitors. So the exhibitors will all have services that can help you and coach you through. So everything from personal trainers, nutritionists, life coaches, business coaches, financial coaches, you know, all kinds of different uh, support. And you can tap into that to create accountability. So the idea that is the ripple effect will last long after the after the day. Because we've all been on courses and workshops and conferences and been like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and then go back to work on Monday morning and get caught up in life. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've got incredible lineup of speakers. We've got Dr. David Hamilton, who's going to talk about the five side effects of kindness, um, talking about the ripple effect into the world when we show up and we're kind to others, but also on our physical health, you know, how it improves our heart health and, you know, scientifically uh, proven to do that. We've got Abigail Arbonnell. She is from Fully Human Psychotherapy, and she's going to talk about the neuroscience of relationships. And I think relationships is something that triggers us all, you know, whether it's work colleagues, it's romantic partners, family members, you know, like, and she will ex explain what's actually going on in the brain and why we get triggered and how we can manage that more effectively to create more harmonious uh, relationships. We have... Um, Paula Maguire, I don't know if you're familiar with her story. So Paula is somebody that um, was literally debilitated by social anxiety. Just, you know, she, I mean, how she managed to go to work every day, but she did and she would come home and she'd just lock herself in and she just couldn't do anything. Like if she went to a wedding, she would literally be freaking out for the three months before and then she would freak out for three months afterwards going, do I need to apologise to anyone? Do I need to send letters? You know, she just, this constant state of anxiety. And it was, she tried every treatment, therapy, medication, everything under the sun. And she reached her 30s and just thought, the, the NHS said, there is nothing more we can do for you other than to start the, every treatment and medication you've been on and try it again. And she just thought... I need to take ownership of this. I need to be take responsibility and I need to be the one that sorted it out. So she went on this um, incredible challenge to just try new things. So she started off with the 17 uh, disciplines of the Commonwealth Games, the sports, 
and because she'd never done sport in her life she always managed to avoid not being picked in school teams um so yeah so she's going to talk all about yeah. uh trying and failing and there's a a nice little sort of twist to her story because she had a what she would call a monumental fail but uh what what she's learned from that experience yeah. as that um who else have we got my mind gone completely blank we've got a, a great lineup of speakers oh we've got uh dr alan desmond he's known as the devon gut doctor and he's going to be talking about so he treats patients and um, with crohn's disease and all kinds of you know gut health problems um but he'll be talking about a plant-based diet and how that can help um, improve and reverse chronic conditions, not just gut health, but all kinds of uh, chronic conditions. So he's yeah. going to be talking about that and the ripple effect that that can have on the world. Um, yeah, so we, I mean, just an incredible, inspiring day of speakers. And uh, we've got two more to be announced. They'll be announced later this week. Yeah. And yeah got a buy one get uh buy one ticket get the second half price promotion on just now so and they're limited so you want to go getting quick so. <laughs> yeah but yeah no i mean it's an incredible day i've run two events in inverness and the feedback's just been amazing so it's time to start taking change your world on the road and uh, yeah because yeah, you've got another couple of events coming up later this year as well haven't you Yes, so I've got uh, the neuroscience of self-love. That's again with Abigail. Um, but I'm planning to I'm planning all my events for 2019. So we're looking at Edinburgh, Bristol, and um, Manchester, but they're going to be later in 2019. So yeah, yeah and we're going to have some smaller events um, as well, like kind of mini TED Talk type events. Yes. Uh, so with rather than the the, the the conference that I've got in Glasgow is the it's the leading UK's experts and you know in their field so the uh, mini events are more likely to be sort of more ordinary people like you and I uh, sharing their um, extraordinary stories and journeys that they yeah so yeah so websites constantly being updated so just keep checking in but, and yeah. Website, 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 place, website place for people to find out information. Yeah, absolutely. You just need to visit changeyourworld.me. So www.changeyourworld.me. Cool. And follow me on Facebook, social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. I'm all there. <laughs> so I'll put all those links into the show notes so that people can find you. Nice and easily and get the details of events and future events that are coming up. So I want Brilliant. to thank you so much for your time today, Susie. Oh, awesome. Lovely having you on and thank you for sharing your story. Hopefully you'll have inspired maybe one other person to give not drinking a go for even a month. Doesn't have to be the full three hundred and sixty-five yeah. days, but obviously Oh absolutely. It's just yeah. you know, whatever it is, even if it's not alcohol, it's just like you know what if we all i think we all instinctively know what's not serving us and not doing right so all i would say is cut that out of your life for a month start with that and just see what you discover about yourself in that month and you know if it seems to be working well then try it for two months and you know what have you so just you know any challenge you know take it on and just 
give it a go see what you find out about yourself you know because that's what it's all about so. yeah definitely so what I'm, what i'm going to suggest right now is we get you back on after your 365 days to oh, yeah. follow up to see where you're at and what your thoughts are on it that would be amazing yeah see if i did go out on a bender on the second <laughs> <of> January. <laughs> I'm going, never again, never again. Yeah, no, I'm intrigued. I really am. I'm just, I mean, I genuinely don't know um, where I'm going to be, you know, how I'm going to be after the challenge. But right now, all I can genuinely say is, you know, I can't imagine. I mean, there's been a couple of occasions where I've missed alcohol and I thought, oh, it'd be nice to have a drink right now. But it's been fleeting. It really has been fleeting. So, yeah, it would, I'd love to come back on. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So, good luck with the rest of that and the event I will hopefully be at um, yeah. October. So, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Brilliant. Thanks, Jen. It's been a pleasure.